Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews. I am your host. It's your girl, Shanice, coming back at you with another podcast. We are on episode 86, and this is our first episode of our Narcos Marathon. So, you know, the topic is Narcos because we're going to be Narcos out this weekend. Um, We're going to do episode one and two to start off with tonight. We'll pick right back up. This is already starting off with full of drama and action. So I hope you guys checked out my documentary recap on Narcos Wars. It was the Battle of the Border earlier. Um, The entire weekend would be about Narcos. No BMF this week because it does not air until next week. It was no big sky. I dropped my Queen's. Um, last night. So check out my Queens recap if you're into that show. Um, Sunday, um, when we normally do our BMF recap, I am going to do a paid in full recap off of the movie and the documentary. So that's pretty much the plans for the weekend. I don't want to drag this out too long. I'm going to get straight to it. Just um, if you need to, you can follow me on my social media platforms. If you have Facebook and just want to hit me up on Facebook, that's cool. Alicia Shanice. If you have IG, like most people use now, um, you can follow me on Alicia Shanice Reviews. And if you need some good music to listen to and don't feel like searching and tuning and looking for good songs, I have made all of my playlists public for you to jam to. They are on Spotify only. All you have to do is type uh, Ian Shanice Loves. You'll at least see one of my playlists populate. You click on my picture profile. It'll take you to all the rest of them. I have all genres, hours of music that you can vibe to. So on that note, let's get into the show and talk Narcos Mexico. Shanice and she's the one. Her name is Shanice and she's the one. All right, so this is it's starting off pretty strong. A lot of action already. Um, we have to get used to a new cat new characters um this is completely different in season one you already know it was more about the guadalajara cartel and how they became what they became and the down the downfall into the split so rafa and donito there they were incarcerated first then went miguel felix and now you know everybody is running their own thing right now like everybody is in their own region they have all of their plazas everything is set we got the felix brothers in tijuana as always we have chapo palma and azul they're in sinaloa we have amado still in Juarez, and we still have the golf as well remember the golf was added um towards the end with everything that happened with miguel he always um done um, Don Juan always did his own thing originally. He's a real old timer. Um, uh, we still have the government <laughs> in there. They showed us that. Um, we're still showing Walt. We're seeing the first time female narrator. 
Um, normally we heard Walt's voice in the first two when we went to Narcos Columbia. We heard um, Murphy's voice for season one and season two, and in season three it was Pena's. So this is our first time hearing a female voice that is not a part of the DEA. She is a journalist and she is from Mexico, so it's coming from inside Intel. It's not the U.S. over there you know, saying how everything is going. She is from Mexico and this is inside journalism. And so she knows more and we see that she's really about it. She's going go, so far. We're on season one. I mean, we're on episode one and two. So I haven't really dug in further yet. I'm doing a Netflix and chill with you guys where we're watching and, you know, then I'm doing a recap. So I don't know how far you know, she's going to go, but it looks like she ain't scared to get her feet wet and step in there. So, uh, episode one was 12 steps. We can already see where, um, a lot of stuff is going. And of course this is, you know, based on true events. Um, of course some of them are dramatized out, but we see where it left off at and how, when Walt went to the prison and he visited Miguel Felix, that was a very deep conversation they had because Miguel pretty much mapped out how everything was going to play out. And, you know, of course, I'm sure he didn't do that. You know, Miguel Felix was still doing his thing for the first couple of years he was incarcerated. Walt is based off a lot of people, a lot of DEA agents who was wrapped up into this case. And we learned that when we went over the first documentary about the Guadalajara cartel, we learned that in the last narc as well. So, um, I'm sure he didn't go to the prison, but you know, that conversation was very deep. So we can see the character of what is still, weighing on him everything he said because how he put it in it was very vivid and you know it stuck with him and now he has an ambition and he's not even really thinking about the Sinaloa cartel he's not thinking about the Felix brothers he's not even thinking about the golf he's thinking about the last conversation he had with Felix and about you know what while they're doing all of this the one who you're gonna want to watch out for is a model so, you know, we see that he is headed, he's in El Paso right through, you know, that state opening of Juarez. So he is ready for a motto and anything he has to do to bring him down before he has a chance to get that big. So this episode was titled 12 Steps and it opens the dramatization is inspired by true events. However, certain scenes, characters, names, businesses, incident. <clears throat> locations and events have been fictionalized for dramatic purposes um we see that amado carrillo fuentes aka the lord of skies it begins with action opening up he's in a plane his plane it goes down and at, when it land when they get it on the ground they have the trucks there and they're hurrying up grabbing a coke loading it onto the trucks really fast so we see Amato is still doing his thing. He's still flying those planes. And while they're loading everything up, they end up in a shootout with the military cops and they take him in and arrest him. 
we also see that there is a female narrator this time. We're no longer in the 80s. Now we are in the 90s. So now everything is really about to get crazy. You know, it's no more control. Miguel Felix is gone. The or the how organized it was and how everything ran smoothly. That's gone. It's not in order anymore. Everybody is in their own plaza. And when the 90s began, Amato was just a mid-level narco uh, of several former lieutenants of Felix uh, Garlato, um, of Felix Garlato. So we see they all formed their new organizations that coexisted peacefully at first, like he said it was, but things were about to change and we were about to see a new Amato, which we knew was coming. So we get a new opening and we see our favorite two partnerships. They are no longer in the opening as they always are. We don't see Big Bush. We don't see Ronald Reagan. (laughs) Because <laughs> it wouldn't be the 80s and talking about the drawer on drugs if we didn't see Ronald and Bush. Instead, we see Mr. Clinton, former President Clinton, and he is signing papers on the opening, which probably signed in that 1994 crime bill. But let's not talk about that. We're on something else right now. And it's a new opening. We see... um different faces now we see the felix brothers we see amato we see el chapo uh we see the club christine's uh that's in the opening we went over that in the documentary earlier which uh something big will take place there um so it's showing how everything has changed it's no longer in the 80s this is straight 90s so things are taking a rapid change and we're in El Paso, Texas. Watt, he is there. He is in an AA meeting. But at, uh, we see he's undercover. But at first, I'm like, damn, Watt turned into a lot of alcoholic, which is understandable with all the shit he he went through in uh, season two. He went through a lot. He lost his whole team. Um, on top of that, he was, you know, trying to become close to uh, his brother's son and his wife so you know they, they could stay close and they left town uh Walt Walt lost a lot he lost a lot in season two so I thought this caused him to drink but this is only for undercover but um they go looking uh it goes to another scene and we see a home invasion basically and we see these men they go in there and they looking for somebody named Daz I'm like uh Y'all looking for dads from the dog pound? <laughs> no, I'm just playing. <laughs> but uh, they're going in there like, dads? And the dude like, who is dads? And, you know, they bust in there. They get the shooting. Come to find out, it's a cop involved. Um, While they're running back out, they shoot one of his men. So they didn't pretty much go further into that. I'm sure it'll pop back up. Or they could have just been showing us how this cop was getting down, you know, so after the the home invasion, we go to Juarez and we see Jaime. Jaime is back. Uh, him and Walt, they're working together. They have this new um, operation they're working on to basically lead them to a motto. And ever since I watched the last narc, <laughs> I look at Jaime 
Jamie, Jaime, I look at him different. Um, when I watched the last night the first time, it gave me chills. And then when we watched it the second time to cover it over the podcast, it put chills in my spine even more. So now looking at him, you know, you first watch Narcos Mexico, you're like, oh, he's the good guy. He just wants to, you know, everything to go smooth. He tries to keep, you know, his crew peacefully because they're always arguing but ever since i watched the last night you know what i'm saying i don't know but um what goes home after they leave the office and we see what he didn't got him a new lady so i'm like okay what we see you getting some now letting all that stress off bro sorry y'all i have to get some water so we get into the next scene and we see Amato. You know, I love me some Amato. <laughs> I do. I've always liked the Amato's character. Uh, ever since season one, he's so laid back. He's so chill. And from what I read up on him, I like Amato. Amato is very smart. Um, so he gets released after three months, and we see that um they are sending loads to El Paso, Texas. So uh, while he's been gone, you know, he still was the underboss under Raf Rafael Aguilera. I did not like him. I'll say why shortly. Um, and, you know, he's getting caught up on a business and he's telling him, Amato is trying to tell him, like, look, you need to spread stuff out because if it all connects, it's going to start start trouble and we don't need that we just came out of a lot even though Horace wasn't a part of all of the bad things they had going on between Sinaloa and Tijuana last season but they still had a lot going on and they took a big uh downfall a little bit when uh Pablo Acosta was murdered and um remember when that well i'll say that in a minute but uh they, they took a you know a big deal because horace loved it pablo acosta everybody did and you know amato he always sees the bigger picture and you know the way how this how uh rafael is running things amato ain't feeling it <laughs> and he trying to tell him like you know he kind of tell him like it's not gonna work this way and he like when he walk out he like queen's got her her pennies in a bunch <laughs> talking about a motto <laughs> you know he always talking shit so we get into um the next scene and we see victor him and his wife now victor is the cop victor is the cop who went in there and did the home invasion so we see that he is a police officer and he goes home and you know him and his wife they're discussing some money and you know a little business and they start getting a little dance on hell i start dancing too i'm like look at them but you know she's telling him to go check on this lady who um needs to find a missing girl so um after that we also see that he is a cop in Horace and you know the lady reports the missing girl so he says they'll find he'll look for her. Amato goes home and he, he like, when Amato gets to his new home he is like what the fuck is this because it's like half remodeled and he can't find nobody all the construction work just sitting on the side and he looking like what the hell and he walking through there it's a mess you can tell since the day he was locked up his crew ain't done not a not an inch of work and when he gets to the back they are back there partying and his little guy manny he like el patron <laughs> he like when did you get out 
You want a beer to celebrate? And Amato looking like, I ain't got time for this shit. You know, because Amato, I mean, Amato sees the, he sees the bigger picture. He always has. So he, he don't have time to be playing with Manny, uh, Raphael, Aguilera. He don't have time to be playing with them. And, uh, you know, Manny, he gets to yelling, fronting, like party over. But he lets Amato know, like, a lady named Maricel has been calling you constantly. So then we go to Sinaloa, and we see the lady Maricel is the woman who he had a daughter with. And we see that his daughter has passed away while he was incarcerated for those months, and she had an asthmatic reaction. So, um, you know, he's taking this hard and they're kind of like talking and he was like, you know, was she scared? Was she in a lot of pain? And she tells him like, you know, um, you never chose us and we never chose you. We just kind of rode with the flow and maybe that's why God took her away from both of us because we didn't deserve her. And, and when she said that, I kind of had to pause it for a minute and just think like damn that sounds crazy but that's really like deep when you think about how how she put it you know sometimes when you hear stuff you be like damn that's pretty deep on how she like you know we didn't deserve her so maybe god took her back and i i don't know like that i had never heard anything like that and granted it's in the television show i'm sure it didn't happen like that but that was just very deep on how she uh placed that when you think about it really what she said so you know after that it kind of goes to a different scene and we see uh we hear the narrator talking which is the journalist and she is like a cop in el paso texas makes two thousand a month and that is before overtime now this is the early 90s but if you walk across across to the staten street bridge to Juarez. These cops are only making $150 a month. And that is before they have to hand over anything to their commander or anything. So they basically have to do other things on the side to make ends meet, which in a place like uh, Cardat Horace, cops don't solve crimes. They commit them just to make ends meet. You know, so that was pretty telling. So I'm sure that we're going to see much more of the cop, Victor. They didn't just show us that for no reason as we go further on. We also see Watt. Um, he's on this new operation. Uh, remember, he was setting the guy up, Mike, when he was in AA. So they, he's thinking that they have a good rapport. And... Um, <clears throat> while he's working with that, it's going to lead them straight to a motto. So this whole thing is a bigger picture to lead them straight to a motto. Um, Amato and Raphael, they go meet up with Carlos Hank Gonzalez. He is known as El Professor, and he is a very high up politician. Hell, he picks the presidents. He tells the presidents what's the plan, and you know he he make all the moves. We even seen um the guy who Miguel Felix used to roll with, and he getting put out like he is nothing. And remember, he was high up. He was the the minister of justice, I believe. So we see this guy. This is the top of the top, and you know you're not going nowhere if you don't get the approval from Mexico City. So 
Um, <laughs> Ag- Aguilera, he's still trying to play things old school and, you know, not taking it serious, not taking this man serious who could have their shit just shut down. And Amato is just sitting there letting him do all the talking, but sitting quietly, getting angry and seeing like this guy is going to get us busted or either killed or, or bust or anything. You know, he's going to get us six feet. He's going to just be a mess. So Amato is pissed off and he's not feeling this meeting and he's trying to let him know, like, do you know who this is? So we go back to El Paso Juarez and we get the big showdown with the bus. Um, Juan and his team, they end up taking down Mike because Mike is starting to get fishy when he asks Walt, you know, put his rig back to the back. And Walt ain't no damn truck driver. He, he getting that truck looking like it's foreign language. <laughs> like, like, what the hell am I supposed to do? But, you know, he ends up telling his men, like, stand down, stand down, because he sees the two guys, um, the two vans leaving. So he's thinking it's drugs in there. And Mike pretty much figures out he's a cop, and he basically telling them, like, shut the hell up. So they play it cool at first. They get the approval from the guys they're going to be doing the thing with for the truck. And he takes Mike in when he goes and talk to Mike and tell him like, you know, there is an AA, you know, in the jail. <laughs> He's like, fuck you. <laughs> As he should. <laughs> because, you know, when you undercover, you do get well in and get connected with people. And it just be like such a manipulation, you know, um, thinking about like just off topic, even a guy, Donnie Brasco, he was into that organization in a mob for like over 10 years. Like I'm surprised his mind didn't, you know, play tricks to him. Like maybe he really thought he was about that life and forgetting he's a cop because you can be in too deep. But yeah, undercover, it can be some real manipulative stuff because you have people who be undercover for years and get well connected with these people and their family, be there while they're at their weddings or, you know, giving, having their children, like it's a real connection. So, you know, Mike, he was just at the beginning bonding over AA. So he's like, fuck you. <laughs> well like he didn't take that well so um after that we get an interesting scene and motto he busting a little nightclub we got Raphael. he in there getting his dance on and everybody dancing having him a good old time Amato busting there like a real cowboy honey <laughs> um Raphael, like don't let the pretty hair fool you. And before he could get his sentence out, Amato blast him and shit hit him once, twice, then got up close and hit him and shit, everybody else backed up. You know, they weren't playing. And they kept that true to form right after that meeting because uh, Amato really did kill him in real life um he was getting they say he was getting ready to expose the politicians in the government who were doing things with them and you know he did it to shut him up and basically take over so that so he did really kill him in real life so you know hmm. but remember in season two when Amato was on the phone, not Amato, when Pablo Acosta was on the phone with Hector Palma and they was talking about how Miguel Felix um, 
basically they were tired of him and while they were doing all of that he um he was the guy who heard the phone conversation and turned it over so that ended up costing Pablo Acosta his life so you know so we get into the next scene of course I don't know if it played like that in real life I'm going off of the show but I know for a fact they say he was getting ready to expose the government and that's why a model killed him I don't know if it happened like that but I'm talking about that's how it played out on the show where he uh basically set that up for Pablo Acosta to get um murdered so we go into um the next scene and after he murders him, he drives that damn Bronco catching up with Carlos Hank Gonzalez. And <laughs> he presents his plan and lets him know that he doesn't have anything to worry about. Whatever he needed, he has it. And he's in the same business as the Felix brothers. So whatever you're doing with them, you can do with, do with me. So we see Amato has learned a lot from working right up right up next to Miguel Felix uh he's learned a lot and not only that he's not um I, I want to use the right word as as of now because we haven't got further deep down as of now he's not as vicious and backstabbing like Miguel Felix was that we've seen he's more a halfway through there he does what he have to what he has to do like he still related a lot with Pablo Acosta when Pablo Acosta was very loved remember he said before like I love people more than money and that's what he related with he wasn't anything like Miguel Felix that's why it was easy for him to use this move when he had to use his move but he sat quiet while he had to and remember he's also Don Nito's nephew as well so we get into the last scene of episode one and we see Watt and Jaime. They learned the model made his move since they um confiscated the money off of the vans and they see that Raphael is dead. Um but they're thinking that they don't know that Amato wanted to get rid of Raphael because he was getting ready to fuck them up when it came to that man who was very powerful and a very high up politician. So that was season I always say season, y'all. My bad. That was episode one. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> be a lot going on. So we get to episode two. This one is titled Come on the Floor. Come on the Floor. And we are introduced to a new family. Um, this is a young boy. It just shows him getting up and going into his big brother room. His big brother got some half naked girl up in there. He rolling up a joint. It's a lot going on in there. But we're seeing that they're going to be connected to the Felix family. So um, I'm thinking because I had cut on episode three for about five minutes it was still rolling on before i cut it off but i'm thinking this is going to be like how we learned in a documentary they're going to be the narco juniors so we'll learn about them much probably the next episode and after so um they're going to play a major part if that's who they are so we get introduced to their family and then we go straight to Watt and his operation and they're still trying to do the bus uh, from the information they got from the vans and, you know, working with the guy, you know, busting Mike and get all of this is what they want to lead to a model. That's what he has his 
his mindset on since that chilling conversation that he had with Miguel Felix. He he's not thinking about anybody else. So after that, we get introduced to a new journalist, and she is the narrator, Andrea. She is telling her boss that she wants to attend Tijuana um, to the wedding of uh, Adenina Arellano Felix and also Claudia Vasquez. And he's like this really big attorney. He comes from a very old law firm family that's been, you know, with the law uh, firm for years. Very old, you know, and, you know, this is a very big deal. Not only that, we see we see you, Nadina. You remember she was the one who had her little thing going on. She really was the brains of Lift Season Two when it came. She basically saved her brothers when uh, she was working with Isabella. She was they were doing their thing without the men. They were really moving and had their things going. Had the women crossing over the border, but we see you know she's still doing her thing, and now she's getting ready ready to marry a hot shirt, hot shot attorney. Let me get some water, guys. And so after that, we get into the next scene. And she's basically still narrating, but she's saying how the government controlled the media. And, you know, they basically made their own narrative of what was going on. But the paper she worked for, they were completely different. They didn't play that shit. They they reported what they wanted to report it and then the guy who owned it even walked it across the border and handed it out because news has to get out and that happens a lot where certain areas the government or whoever they will control the media and control what gets out to their people to control the narrative it happens all the time a lot of fake news and you know everything else so um after that we go to the wedding. We see Benjamin and uh, Adenina. Uh, she, they have like a very nice brotherly and sisterly moment, which is good to see because there was so much tension with them in season two. And they have a nice moment uh, before he walks her down the aisle. When they're walking down the aisle, she's walking smiling, honey. She's happy. Wedding blessed. And they get to Raymond. <laughs> He got this big ass coat on. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck he got on? <laughs> he is just a mess. I, uh, he is a mess. He got this big coat on looking like he high. Then we see the Sinaloa boys are there. And they got some loud mouth guy who we, we didn't see before, but we're introduced to him. Hell, he's sniffing coke in the church. Why is she walking down the aisle? <laughs> So he was already high. He was already high before he made it to the reception. And they have a beautiful um ceremony. Um, that was my first time ever seeing in the television show. I've never even heard they do this at a wedding where you know they sit down while they take their vows. I thought that was different and nice, you know. Um, so they're exchanging their vows. It's a very beautiful wedding. A lot of politicians are there, and they head straight to the reception, and we see. Andrea is not playing. She has got in good, you know, having a smoke and she, the, the two girls from the choir come out, they're giving her a little extra information. So she ain't playing. She there to work and she want to know what's going on. We see she is a very ambitious journalism journalist. And we know 
how journalism was in the early 90s, 80s. They they were raw. They got to it. They got their hands dirty. They went all the way in. So let's hope she makes it out of this okay. Uh, she seems very determined and like we're gonna like her so far. Um, so she ain't she ain't afraid. <laughs> so we head straight to the reception. And to the receptions, everyone followed. We got the politicians. They got pop stars there. A lot has changed since Miguel Felix has went away. Um, they're bringing in $4 billion a year. And we see Tijuana, um, their plaza is doing well. They are number one. Uh, the golf is still doing their thing. And we see Don Guerrero, uh, Don Juan. He is there, but he had a stroke. So he is ill. He's not doing too well. Remember how charismatic he was in season two? Now his nephew has took over. And when Benjamin goes over there, he goes over there kind of smug and makes a comment. And we can tell the nephew does not like that at well. Uh, does not like that. And we can see Benjamin Felix. He is walking around thinking he is Miguel Felix. We can see a change in him very early on. He has a very smug attitude. Um, we can see that this piece, even though we know it doesn't last long, but you can see it early. The peace trio that they all had when they were coming together is not going to last. <laughs> So um, we go into the next part and we see El Chapo, Chapo Rose on in there, got a little mustache now and they try to treat Sinaloa like the bottom of the barrel, they always have and you know even when he walks in there they like oh we set you guys at the table with the kids, the kids are over there, you know very dismissive and um I prefer, I, I always liked it, the Sinaloa cartel from what we've seen and we learned from the television show and the docs. Um, of course, there was a lot going on when none of these people innocent. There's a lot of gruesome stuff and vicious stuff going on. But the um, this the Ramon, the Ramon guy, you, you can say his name like Raymond or Ramon, he, he was very vicious, very vicious. So, um we see of course Benjamin he's walking around like he is Junior Miguel Felix and <laughs> this motherfucker Rayo oh my god he done lost his dad by him they doing a toast to the beautiful new couple <laughs> and why they toasted it she just got done dancing and they having a good old time and it is a beautiful time for a wedding this fool who don't even know them busts out and say yeah and she would be swallowing on at eight inches every night. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, damn, Rayo. Now you you should have knew your ass child. He was he was drunk high and everything else. So let's give him a pass that he has too much to drink. But you know, Raymond, he had him and his boys, you know, they they wouldn't buy that. They don't play about one thing about the Felix. They did not play about their family. So I give them that. They did not play about their family, and he was already gun happy, trigger happy, violence happy. So him and his Sicarios pulled him outside. Uh, Hector Palma knew it was nothing he could do. It was nothing he could do. He try, He he was pissed, and he was like, you know, he had too much to drink. He snatched up 
cup out his hand and you could tell El Chapo wanted to get up and save him but he knew he fucked up and we've seen in season two Chapo did not play about his peoples from what we've seen so far you know money power changes people so he might change towards the end but we've seen in season two how loyal he was how pissed he was about Coochie Loco and I loved it, Coochie Loco's character and how um you know he was down for uh Hector Palmer when he's when he lost his wife and when they went in there and tried to assassinate him as well so we've seen how El Chapo is about his crew so he wanted to get up but he knew this man had <laughs> did too much and he was only in the episode for maybe 10 minutes but I liked him he was funny <laughs> he was funny but they take him outside we already knew what was coming they beat the shit out of him and drowned him and um you know do what they do so he's he's a goner and uh Andrea she seen most of it and tried to follow him so then we get to Club Roxanne's. And remember, we've seen this club before. Uh, this is the club that they own. We've seen it a lot in season two. And um, I, I don't know what kind of shit Raymond be on. This dude is just out of control. Uh, he is just out of control. Happy he got some Jordans on. Child. Anyway, we go into the next scene and we see Walt. The operation a model got on top of it. Once a model took uh, Raphael out the picture, he was already telling him we need a new warehouse. We got to move stuff. It can't connect. So when a model stepped in, got rid of him, Raphael, went and worked stuff out with that politician, he got the moving stuff the way it had to be done. So now everything is moved and damn it. Uh, Walt, his whole other operation and blew up in his face again and he is pissed and his partner was like if you weren't too busy worrying about a motto we would have had him you know so they basically lead the almost blows Jaime got the step in between them Jaime end up telling him like you know take a week off and Walt has been through a lot he is just telling him like I am tired of fucking losing because Walt lost a lot in season two he had put everything on the line for the Operation Leander and after you know everything blew up in their face all of his men who he had bonded with and became close with they all lost their life in the two that were remaining that you know were left remaining the government denied him to even help them and that put them in danger because they were from mexico they had already been outed so like that put their lives in danger so who knows where they were at at this time so after that we go back to the club we see where the two brothers came from i told you guys before i think they're going to be the narco juniors and you we see the little young guy in there he's not he don't even look like he old enough to drink and raymond trying to get him drunk he dancing on tables happy he got some fucking jordans on it's the early 90s you know so a young man he's just having a, t a good time and accidentally knocked something on his shoes and he tells him it was accident. I'm sorry. But nah. This asshole have his Sicarios beat the hell. Beat him to, almost to death hell. I feel bad for him. He even had a little man come get a punch in it too. So 
Andrea and snuck into the club by now. She got a little cute little dress on. She getting information from the bartender so he can look at her ass. She promised him he can look at her ass if she get the information. So, you know, she she working her little journalism, getting her little information, but she sees it. She sees it all. She sees it all. But even if he would have knew she was a reporter, he wouldn't care. He wouldn't have cared because in the 90s, they ran Tijuana. So like I said, she has some balls because I would have been scared to write anything about them because they were vicious. So after that, we see what is frustrating, you know, and his girlfriend, when they were out to dinner, she told him about how she did get the job that had always been her dream, but it is in Chicago. And, you know, at first he was really down about it when, you know, everything was going good. But ever since the bus blew up in his face, you know, he's had it. So he tells her, you know, hey, there are other DEA offices everywhere letting her know that he's considering moving when it gets to the last scene, we see a model and he is sitting there like, I know this game and I got a vision. <laughs> so it just like ends with him looking like he's on top of the world. He's sitting there uh, talking to, you know, his little young thing, uh, not young thing, but his new young uh, number one, number one man, you know, who's probably going to be like his right hand man in his corner, um, how he was to Miguel Manny, uh, Manny funny so far, <laughs> but he's telling Manny like, you know, hey, that old man was going to get us killed or busted so I had to do what I had to do and we see that he's finally finishing up the remodelization of his home having everything tore down and having it built the way he wants it to because he remember he was incarcerated for a couple months and everything went crazy but he's getting it all under control so please tune back in because that was my recap of season one I always do that uh season three episode one and two i hope you guys enjoyed it i will talk to you guys tomorrow i will try to do tomorrow three four and five let's go ahead and knock out three of them because it was hard for me to cut off episode three but i'm like it's getting late and i want to get this uploaded so um tomorrow i already know i'm beyond binge watching it i love me some narcos so tomorrow we'll do three four and five for the continuation of our narcos marathon netflix and chill guys have a good night it's your girl shanice and i'm out hope you enjoyed the show with your girl shanice